You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. Gotta let it breathe just for a moment. Let's get Facebook in the house with us. And then we'll get this party started. And we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Guys, forgive me. It was my fault that we're 30 minutes late streaming tonight. Went to a Father's Day party, fam, big family you know, party, tried to make it back, got back on time, but then had some technical difficulties. Our inter- my internet was the router was being dumb. Had to reset it. But here we are, Zach. We got to just real quick wish everyone happy Father's Day to all the dads out there in Broncos country. Love you guys. But how's your weekend been, brother? Been pretty good. I'm excited about you know maybe not entering the soft period of these next six weeks. It's not really great for business, but personally, you know, kind of slowing down a little bit, knowing that once late July hits early August, we are nonstop. You know. Balls to the wall, for lack of a better expression, Chad. You know, constant grinding 24-7 until January. So I'm kind of just cruising right now. So how about you? I mean, the cool thing about that six-week break for us, as far as media is concerned, is, you know, there's going to be that odd aggregated news story. We'll, We'll find this player said this over here and this, that, and the other. But it's also really for us, it's where we really have no distract. There's no distraction of the draft. There's no distraction of free agency. There's no distraction of what's happening at the building. So you can really kind of let your hair down in media as a, as a writer, as a content creator, as an analyst, and dive deep on a player, a position, a roster, a, a battle, whatever it might be. And this is the time that we typically do that. Yep. And uh, Ashton, I appreciate you. If you guys can hear me better now, let me know. Apparently my, my mic wasn't selected. So Ashton, thank you for pointing that out. I didn't even notice, dude. That's why we got the best fan base in the world. Checking uh, our balances every day. Joseph says, I was in the Marine Corps five years. My team, red, white, and blue, nothing else. Hey, hats off. Thank you, real. Joseph. Appreciate your, your service. service. Yep. Most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, we got a super chat here. Uh, Charlie says, happy birthday to Michaela. Yes, indeed. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, that's right. That's right. Um, super chat here from George Newton jumping in early to say game over. I don't know what that means. I'm now I'm a little on my toes. Zach, I'm a little <laughs> off guard. Game's yeah. just starting, George. We're we're not a ball game left. Yeah, yeah. We're just kicking off, dude. But thank you for getting in early, dropping that super chat, my friend. Or super sticker, I guess. Appreciate yep. that. Um and then I, I want to get to this latest on the Aaron Rodgers front. Zach has a great article. Hope you, most of you I know have read it, but we'll get to that here in a second. Tom up in Canada proving that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. He says, you guys saying Locke is the incumbent, and now we're talking about landing that diva Rogers. Really? Come on, guys. What's going on? Thanks, guys. Denver Broncos for life. Well, we're just telling you which way the wind's blowing, right? No one's over here pounding the table for Aaron Rodgers, although, as you guys have heard me say before, unless it's a – I mean, there is a bridge too far regardless of the fact that he's a third, that he's a reigning MVP because he's entering his age 38 season. So there is a bridge too far. You you have a finite window, whichever team fields Aaron Rodgers. But if it's even within the realm of the feasible, I'm all for getting Aaron Rodgers here. I mean, as much as I believe in Drew and think Drew, if uninterrupted, is on a good trek, you don't stare that gift horse in the mouth. No different than when the Broncos had a shot at Peyton Manning. How many Broncos fans, Zach, were geeked up about Tim Tebow? I mean, there were, yeah. there was a, believe it or not, division within the fan base in terms of, hey, no, Tim's our guy. Not only was he our first-round pick, but we just saw him do a bunch of you know miraculous things, won a playoff game for the first time since 05. So they snapped a six-year playoff win drought. We want Tim – and then, of course, but Peyton becomes available, and it's like, look, you just—that's not a gift horse. You look twice at. It's similar, although Drew is a much better quarterback than Tim. I think the the key word in all of that that you used was feasible, 
Because that's what it comes down to. Is it realistic and is it feasible for not just the Broncos, but George Payton? Can he resolve whatever personal demons he has about surrendering that capital, about surrendering those darts that he holds precious, just like gold? I still don't believe that he's going to surrender three first-round picks if it takes that for Aaron Rodgers, but I'm sure he's going to stick his beacon as long as Rodgers is quote-unquote available. I just think it's funny. Broncos country can be so fickle. When I was tweeting a pro-lock story, I was called out for being pro-lock, and when I tweeted a a Rodgers story, and we're, we're being called out for talking about Aaron Rodgers. Like Chad said, guys, we're just giving you the news, and right now, anything we can grasp onto, we're going to grasp onto. And if Aaron Rodgers is continuing to be linked to the Broncos – we got to talk about it. Guys, when we get on the podcast, this is kind of our format, our platform to give you our, our thoughts, right? To give you our unvarnished opinions, share our takes. When we publish an article, those articles, I mean, it's journalism. It's meant to convey the facts, convey the news, who, what, why, when, where, unless it's otherwise delineated as, hey, no, look, this is an opinion article or this is a film breakdown or this is an analysis piece. On a news story, our job, I mean, we might color it a little bit with our own kind of insights on certain things, but those articles, guys, are designed to simply tell you what's going on. And in this case, well, we'll put a pin in it just for a second. Zach laid out the very latest, and we'll talk about it on the other side of our matters of business. So I'll make this really, really quick, guys. Follow the podcast on social media, <clears throat> pardon me, starting with Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, the main account, at Mile High Huddle, our great producer, Buona Beast on Twitter at John K M H H, my partner in crime Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad N Jensen. Also, we'd love it if you'd connect with us on Facebook with the actual Huddle Up Podcast page. Now, our Mile High Huddle page, you know, it's rip roaring, thriving, big Facebook page. Love each and every one of you following us over there. We need as many of you following that page as possible to funnel on over and also follow the Huddle Up podcast page, because we have some big plans content-wise that we're holding off on until we get the following. So how do you follow the page? Simple. You can either navigate on a browser, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod, or just open up the app on your phone, search Huddle Up podcast, like, follow, and that also enters you into our randomly selected drawings each and every week, a raffle, we'll give away a t-shirt, a hat, no no end in sight, all right? that We're going to continue doing that until we reach our goal. Also, guys, kindly consider becoming a supporter of Mile High Huddle on Facebook. We are in the final stages of getting ready to roll out our YouTube membership offering. But in the meantime, if you want access to our premium VIP video and podcast content, such as today's Kelberman's Corner, the Trickle Zone, yesterday we debuted Broncos Book Club, which was a lot of fun. You got to go over to facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Click the big blue button at the top that says become a supporter. It's five bucks a month. You're in like Flynn. You get access to all that. And then once we actually open up our YouTube membership offering, we're going to weave a lot of that stuff together. But don't wait. Don't wait for YouTube because it's it's all, all, as much as it's going to be similar, there's going to be different benefit options on each one. All right. So check that out. And also the merch store. Quick quick plug. HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. Get a hat. Get a tee. Football priests in the hizzy. All right. It's another way to support what we're doing here. And if you're not in a position to do those things, guys, it's all good. We are seriously tickled pink just to have you with us here, whether you're live or listening after the fact on demand. Please just make sure that you are subscribed. Kindly like this video if you're on YouTube or Facebook. And you know what? If we're doing a good job for you, if you respect the effort, if you respect the consistency, share this video out on your social media and help us continue to reach those Broncos fans just like you who are out there wandering the desert, completely ignorant of this community, just waiting to graft them in, just waiting to embrace them. All right, Zach, before we dive into the Rogers story, John, let's grab, let's grab Michaela, the birthday girl. Let's grab the Duchess of MHH who's jumping in off the top rope on Super Chat, and it's her special day. It is Michaela's birthday, and we are, of course, we got a preview of that. She, she let us know her birthday was coming, and uh, here she is, not only in the chat, but showing big love to the podcast and wishing a happy Father's Day to all the dads. So the Duchess does not disappoint. Michaela, we hope you're sharing you know, your, your birthday on Father's Day. I hope today was great for you. Love you. Appreciate everything you do. 
Michaela, I got to say, you're a better person than I. You know, on your birthday, you're spreading that amount of generosity, that amount of love, and that amount of support. Thank you so, so much. And genuinely, I hope you've had the best day because you deserve it for how kind and supportive you are. Thank you again. Seriously. You never cease to amaze, and we can't wait ever. We have had the pleasure of visiting with you, but we can't wait to actually visit with you on an episode. It's going to be a gas. We've got Michaela booked. She's scheduled. In July, in July, it's going to be a gas. All right, real quick, let me pull up Zach's story, and let's just get to the bottom of the very latest with Aaron Rodgers because, you know, as much as I felt like there was a period there where it turned, where it didn't really feel like Rodgers was going to leave Green Bay, as time has marched on and we've consumed what is the majority of June, Zach, it's feeling like something's got to give at a certain point. So Jay Glazer – doesn't really need an introduction from us, but for those of you who don't know who Jake Glazer is, he is Fox Sports version of Adam Schefter. All right, he's their NFL insider, very plugged in across the league. He uh, appeared on the Pat McAfee show this past week, and of course, the topic quickly devolved to Aaron Rodgers, and he still wants out, according to Glazer. Does Aaron Rodgers? But here's what he said: "Quote." I know he still wants out, without a doubt. Absolutely. Still wants out. They didn't suddenly come out and insult him and say, okay, now it's all fixed. Every time somebody called the Packers, it was immediately shut down. What these teams need to do, so here's a little advice to George Payton, is continue to call, continue to call, whether it's for him, Deshaun Watson, continue to call to show interest, Because what happens in the NFL, teams are so afraid to make the first call because they think you lose your leverage, close quote. So, Zach, I'll let you elucidate further on this because you had this story. You did all the research to to get the who, what, why, when, where, all that stuff uh, straight. But your thoughts? Well, first of all, if you don't recognize Jay Glazer, you might remember him from last year where he teased this groundbreaking blockbuster news, and it turned out to be after days of waiting, some no-name player who none of us have ever realized was alive tested positive for CV. So that's that's Jay Glazer for you. In in terms of this story, I, I don't know that it's much new, Chad. I mean, continuing to call, continue badgering Brian Gutenkunst and hoping that Aaron Rodgers shakes free. He's reporting, I think, what is the common uh, conception out there is that Aaron Rodgers is still unhappy, the situation is still unfixed, and things are still untenable as they're laid out right now. The only thing I, I kind of take umbrage to and the only thing that's kind of new information here is that he said, if you continue to call and badger and annoy and, and, and keep up your tenacity, Gutenkunst might simply get rid of the headache in terms of Aaron Rodgers. It's a little more than a headache. I know he's a diva. I know he's hard to deal with, but he's also the reigning NFL MVP. He's a future first ballot Hall of Famer. He is the cornerstone of your franchise. So you got to make, you got to do a little more. There's concessions that have to be made when you're dealing with someone of Rogers' stature. And if Jay Glazer thinks that the Packers are going to dissolve that stature if you keep calling the GM enough, I think it's a little short sighted. So. Just this last week, <clears throat> pardon me, frog in my throat, um, I talked to a source, and this source, I'll just say, <clears throat> is very plugged in with the agents, all right, who represent players in the NFL, including the reigning NFL MVP. And it sounds like there are a few teams, all right, a small handful of teams, who they kind of have a deadline in place. They, if they were going to give up what will surely be a king's ransom to land Aaron Rodgers, it can't be any later than July, you know, like early July, because you still need time. Even though he's a veteran and he's one of the greatest to ever suit up, you still need time to get all your guys on the same page with that guy, right? If you were to, because think about it, when the Broncos brought in Peyton Manning, the offense completely changed from the Mike McCoy you know, original offense, which was operated by Kyle Orton to kick off 2011, then that was kind of tweaked on the go and turned into the Tebow rushing offense, which ended up being the number one rushing offense in the league that year. Then Peyton Manning arrives, and they completely retool it. The bones of of McCoy's scheme remain, but, Zach, they basically just said, Peyton, your scheme, 
let's just go ahead and install that. We'll keep the nomenclature as it was, but we'll use your scheme. And a few of the things I like too, I'm Mike McCoy out. Let's do some of those. But they had all of off the whole OTA process, mini camp, training camp, preseason to assimilate all that, you know, these new moving parts that milieu into a cohesive deal. And even then Zach, that offense didn't take shape. Those moving parts didn't come together until that Chargers game, that Monday night football comeback. And that was, you know, more than a quarter of the way through the season. So NFL teams understand that, look, as much as you might want to get Aaron Rodgers here, time is of the essence in more ways than one. Yes, he's getting older. This is his age 38 season. You got to strike while the iron's hot. But Zach, you need time to get him in the building assimilate his system with yours, get everyone on the same page, get chemistry together. It takes time. You need him. If you're going to acquire him early July so that he has at least a little bit of a ramp up into that training camp. Yeah. You mentioned his age and and certainly getting down the system and getting down some chemistry with the players is key and crucial for sure. But you're also talking about a 38 year old player who hasn't played since January He's been golfing. He's been traveling. He's not participating in OTAs. He's not participating in minicamp. So he's cold as a player goes. So you have to worry about game shape as well, football conditioning. It's simple than just showing up in good physical shape. Football is a whole different animal. So you want to have Rodgers in the building with the Broncos, oh, God, training staff and getting him acclimated to also the, the altitude. There's different things to keep in mind here from a, a physiological perspective, a medical perspective, and just a, a, a personnel um, personality perspective, getting down chemistry. Okay, who's his number one receiver going to be? Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. The, they have to figure those things out. It's, it's going to take more than just a couple weeks. So I'm right there with you. Even though the Packers don't have any incentive to move before July, I think the Broncos would want their – franchise quarterback, in this case, Rodgers, to be entrenched in the building heading into the preseason. By the way, shout out to Andrew Baker on Facebook. Appreciate the stars. His message is, what's up, gang? Happy Father's Day, y'all. Incomplete. And then, Zach, we also got some stars. <clears throat> uh, looks like from Kevin Carrillo. I think it's Carrillo or it's Carrillo. I'm not sure. I want to say Carrillo. But thank you guys for the support on Facebook. It means a lot to us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look <laughs> – is it ultimately going to be a complete non-starter if a team calls the Denver Broncos on August 1st, the Packers, and says, hey, all right, we're now ready. Give us the compensatory package and you can have Aaron Rodgers. There's probably not too many teams, the ones who are interested, Zach and Aaron, that are going to turn that away. But what it does is it lowers the value of Aaron. So for the Packers, you're if you're going to deal him, like if there's no turning back on this, too much water under the bridge. You can't turn the ship around with Aaron Rodgers. You want to maximize what you can get in return. And the longer you let that stretch closer to the season, the more the teams who are going to be at the bargaining table are going to feel like they have a chip to say, hey, you wanted two firsts, two seconds, and Bradley Chubb. But being that we're this close, you know, we'll give you a first, two seconds, and, you know, Pick a guy. I don't know. Draymond Jones, whatever. Just as an example, it might lower the cost. So uh, Chris says on Facebook, many things could happen, like injuries or how many years Rodgers has. Uh, say he only has three. Then how long would it take to rebuild again? Would it really be worth it? I'd rather see Locke or draft a quarterback next year. I don't really feel like starting over again uh, j for just a few years. I feel you. But Chris, let me just put this out and then right back to you, Zach. Is that how you felt when Peyton showed up? And when Peyton showed up, that four-year reign of dominance, was it worth it having to start over? Was that success worth the pain that has happened subsequently? Here's where I'll play devil's advocate, though. You started over, but you had your draft picks to start over with. When you acquired Peyton Manning, all you did was sign him. To acquire Aaron, you're taking on his massive contract, which he probably wants a new one. And he, he probably wants to be in the $40 million club a year behind Mahomes, and you're giving up at, at least two first-round picks. But from the, the Packers' perspective here, what they'd be getting back in compensation, they would be losing in leverage. Brian Gutekunst will be, always be regarded as the GM who bowed down to Aaron Rodgers. He's the one that broke. He's the one that broke up the, the Packers lore, this this wonderful franchise that's so historic and is uh, perpetually a contender. 
He was the one who decided to trade that away and not hold firm to a player that's under contract. I mean, if I'm Gunakunst, I'm saying, listen, I drafted a quarterback in the first round last year. I have a coach who I feel confident in that can mold that quarterback if need be. I have a talented roster otherwise. If you want to skip out on millions, Aaron, if you want to ruin your legacy, if you want to go host Jeopardy, that's on you. But you sign a contract, and either you honor it or you lose it. Um. John's working on a super chat here that is being a little fickle. The stream keeps jumping while he's getting that queued up. Let's grab Dr. Christopher L. Bush, PhD. What's up, man? He says, I prefer Locke over Rogers and Watson. More of a long-term deal than Watson, more of a long-term deal than Rogers. We get Rogers after we win one. He's gone back to the same search for quarterback in two years or so. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be as, Realistic as possible. Reigning MVP. I mean, when the Broncos got Peyton Manning, he was not a reigning MVP. He hadn't played for two years because of his neck. He missed that full season. This is Aaron Rodgers coming off what was arguably, I think, his best NFL season. And not necessarily statistically, although it's up there, but because he was able to produce at that high level, Zach, with so relative, rel- relatively few pieces. You know, like he was doing the heavy lifting on that offense last year. And so that being said, you got a guy that's making magic. He's still dominant, not just good. He's dominant player last year. What's the best case scenario in, in as real as you can be, though, left in the tank years wise for Aaron Rodgers? I would assume three years. I mean, he's going to be 41 in three years and not everyone is Tom Brady. And, and, and people regard Aaron like he is Tom Brady. He's won one title. He's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but he's won one Super Bowl. How many playoff wins does Deshaun Watson have? Well, isn't he two and one or one and two, something like that? I mean, it's a very small sample size, but I don't know who asked the question. It's not on the screen anymore. But I will say this. I think we found a bigger fan of Drew Locke than you and I, Chad, because you got to be realistic here. I love Locke and all, but Aaron Rodgers reigning MVP, Deshaun Watson reigning NFL passing champ, you got to take those quarterbacks over Locke in this scenario until Locke at least plays and shows, or if he shows what he's capable of, if he can be that franchise quarterback. But you're talking about two established franchise quarterbacks, two of the best in the NFL. You put them on this Broncos team, they're instant title contenders. The problem is, what would you do to get them on this team? That's where I fall short. See, I'll, I'm not playing devil's advocate here, but I'm nowhere near as bullish about the prospect of Deshaun Watson, even before all of the scandals stuff that happened just over the last two, three months, only because I've seen him do well. He's a, he's a really talented young quarterback, but, I mean, it just – concerns me that he went from winning the division in 2019 to what was it four and 12 finish started every game I think pretty sure last year and I watched most of his tape he was still pretty good it was mostly you know he, he didn't have it easy in terms of his supporting cast really suffered the coaching was horrendous but like he wasn't the tide that really raised all ships and so that's why I'd be a little it doesn't mean I'm not saying guys make no mistake I'm not saying Deshaun Watson sucks but that's why I'm I'm hey look Aaron Rodgers proven deal like you know what you're getting for better for worse mostly for better with Deshaun Watson now you also have to wonder how all this off-field stuff is going to affect him on the field when he finally does suit up again so keeping the conversation even though Glazer mentioned Deshaun Watson keeping it focused on Aaron Rodgers that's just not a gift horse I'm looking in the mouth as long as I'm not cutting off my nose by my own face, right? As long as the ask isn't, you know, punitive almost to where you're like burying your franchise for three or four years. Uh, Tom up in Canada again. Thanks for that, buddy. He says, happy Father's Day. I'm a dad as well. Two daughters. Hey, that's cool, man. Happy Father's Day to you as well, Tom. I want to just add one more thing about the quarterbacks. The best thing for any player is availability. And here's one thing that Locke and Rogers has that Deshaun Watson might not is availability. The NFL hasn't even interviewed him yet in their probe. So he might end up, no matter what he puts out on social media, him working out right now, he might still end up on the exempt list. He might miss six games, eight games, ten games, maybe the entire entire year, depending on the, in the, the legal process. So I would be more inclined, if you're going to give up that capital, which I don't think the Broncos will, go after the reigning NFL MVP who's shown that he can at least, like Chad said, win on the strength of his, of his own self, his own arm, whereas Deshaun Watson, yeah, he threw for 
what, 4,900 yards last year, 4,600 yards, but they went 4-12. and 12. So something to keep in mind. Definitely. Stewart on Facebook says, Hi, guys. Was wondering, since the Broncos usually have an undrafted player make the team, are there any possible players this year you can think of? Andre Mintz, the edge rusher from, was it Vandy? I think it was Vandy. Um, he's the one guy I'd be keeping an eye on for making it this year. But this could be a year that the streaks kind of snaps. The Broncos did skip one year. I, I can't remember which year it was. But either way, they've um, a, an undrafted rookie has made this roster, what is it, 15 out of the last 16 seasons coming out of camp. This could be the year that the streak, if you will, snaps. If anyone does keep it alive, that's who I'd be tapping, though, is that edge rusher. Because we heard from Vic Fangio just last week. He's like, hey, man, we're, we got it made in the shade, basically, with Vaughn, Chubb, and having Malik as the next guy into the, into the fray. But beyond Malik, we're looking for two guys. We don't know, and we don't know what we have. You draft Jonathan Cooper in the seventh round out of Ohio State. You drafted Derek Tusk out of North Dakota State the year prior. Maybe one or both of those guys pop, but you don't know yet. Meanwhile, you said goodbye to, what was his name, uh, Jerry Attachu. Andre Mintz, however, even though he went undrafted, Zach, he's got a little something-something to him. The Broncos have a good history of finding undrafted edge rushers in particular. Yeah, yeah I was. that's, that's a good uh, name for sure. I was going to mention, too, either Himmelman, the tackle, because right now they don't have a starting right tackle, and you know Mike Munchak might work his magic, or Sean Beyer, the tight end. After Noah Fan and Albert O, I mean, there's literally nothing on the depth chart. Fumagalli is, is out of the picture. Butt's gone. Uh, Ford's not really stepping up. Andrew Beck. So I would keep an eye on Sean Beyer to make the final roster if they carry four, which I think they will this fall. Here's a super chat. Sorry, Joseph, the, the stream jumped you. So I'm grabbing this and just putting it on screen like this. He says, how would you guys – thank you for the super chat, Joseph. How would you guys feel about us signing Melvin Ingram? or Justin Houston to a one-year deal as pass rush depth. I think that's one spot we need, very apropos. I do think it's questionable beyond Malik, especially considering that Chubb banged up coming off a procedure, Vaughn coming off a whole year that he missed. You worry a little bit. What's your answer for Joseph? I don't want Melvin Ingram. He's too uh, streaky as a pass rusher in terms of production. But I was I did a Cowboys story today because they were linked to Houston. And I know he's up there in an advanced age. He's 32 now. But he's been productive each and every year. In the last couple years in Indy, he's still the same player that he was in Kansas City. He had 11 sacks in, in uh in 2019 and and, uh, and 11 in 2020. So he's played all 16 games and 20 sacks in two years. He wouldn't be a starter, and having that guy as the third edge rusher behind Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, he's a little better than Jerry Attachew. He's a little better than Anthony Ciccolo. For a short-term deal, low guarantees, I would not mind Houston in a Broncos uniform. Wouldn't that be crazy? Because his finest days in the league came as – arch nemesis, you know, Kansas City Chief All-Pro to the Broncos. So, it, But I'm not opposed to it as long as you could get him on a reasonable deal. Yeah. But much of that, Zach, it's going to be dictated by this whole Aaron Rodgers thing because if you do end up making a move and landing Aaron Rodgers against all odds, he's going to consume much of, if not most of, what you have left and they have a good amount. I think the last I checked Zach, they were still number two in the league and cap space available. That's gone. Basically when you land Aaron, you can still read, you know, uh, restructure a contract, whatever to kind of loosen things up, but something to factor into the analysis here is, are you still going to have a little Evan Mathis fund, right? When you get through camp, you need a little extra help here or there, go grab a veteran, someone who just got cut, whatever that can help you. I'm usually not a proponent of bringing on veterans, especially older veterans. I don't like when they take the snaps away from the younger players. But in this case, Houston is still productive. Like I said, 16 games, all 16 games the last two seasons, he's available. He's still a force on the field. And to have that little bit of FU factor against Kansas City twice a year, I wouldn't mind that. Now, this was a question. Sorry, earlier today for Kelberman's Corner. I know, Albert, you were there. We appreciate you, my friend. Yes. Because of time, we were unable to get to questions today. And I told you then, hey, we'll get to you tonight. Earlier today, Zach, you saw this for Kelberman's Corner. Albert wants to know, 
if they uh, trade a rod to the Broncos, which quarterback would then be gone? Sure. Hope he sure hope it doesn't happen, but it would be drew. Would it be Teddy? What would you see happening there? A lot of people think that, uh, Locke would be paired in a trade for Aaron. He would go to Green Bay. I don't see it that way. If Green Bay trades Aaron, they're going to have Jordan Love, a young quarterback, starting. Wouldn't they want a veteran behind Love like the Broncos are doing right now uh, with Teddy Bridgewater and Locke? So the Broncos renegotiated Teddy. They got him down to a manageable contract for one year, and I think the Packers wouldn't mind taking that on. If If Love bombs in that instance, Teddy can come in and still keep them afloat. So I think if they do make a trade and there's a quarterback that's attached to that trade, it's not going to be Locke. It might be Bridgewater. Tom, again, thanks, bro. Honestly, he says, do you guys want Rodgers here with his entourage? We had Decker here, and we got rid of him for similar antics. Um, I don't think that's why Eric Decker didn't get re-signed. I think Eric Decker didn't get re-signed because they had to pay Demarius and they knew that you could take Matthew Willis if you wanted to and make him a starter and Peyton's going to get him to a thousand yards. So you can't overpay it both. Pers- you know, Indy did it for a long time with Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. They somehow found a way to balance that even with big contracts for Dallas Clark, Hedron James. They, didn't pay, in the day. they didn't pay defenders. That's why. Exactly. No that's my point is that if you go heavy <laughs> on one side, you got to go light on the other. That defense is the reason Peyton doesn't have five rings. Right. You know, they got exactly. lucky one time, 06, Bob Sanders comes back down the stretch right as the playoffs are kicking off, and just that defense just came together. And they had – what they really had going for them there, Zach, was their corners were not very good. Their off-ball linebackers, you had Gary Brackett, who was like the most – you know, uh, jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none, middle linebacker of all time, but very reliable, kind of a Josie Jewell, if you will, but a great leader. But they had the edge guys. You had Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney plus Bob Sanders with that emotional spark and that physical intimidating thing on the back end. And they just managed to capture lightning in a bottle and ride it all the way to beating the Bears that year. But that's why, Tom, is, look, Eric Decker, we loved him, right? Third-round pick, did some really good things with Peyton, even had a little success with Tebow. I don't think that's why he left. Rodgers – I know Zach talks about it more than 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 I do, but I really don't worry so much about Rodgers being cancerous to this team. Bob Sanders, man, he was great. I, I wish he could have stayed healthy his entire career. He would have been one of the best to ever do it. And didn't Decker, when he left for the Jets, didn't he get some massive contract? That played into it as well. You can't pay everyone. And if you're paying DT and you're locking down people around Peyton Manning, someone has to go. And the Broncos might be faced with that. If they bring on Aaron Rodgers, you know, Corlin Sutton's going to need a contract, Bradley Chubb, Noah Fant down the road. You're going to have decisions to make, and that's the problem. Can't pay everyone. So I wouldn't look at it like his entourage was the reason he left. It's just a business. People forget that. It's a business. Casey, good to see you, brother. Happy Father's Day, says Casey, to Drew Locke, making everyone his daddy in practice, hearing very good things about his performance from it. Um, Isn't that backwards when you say – making himself everyone's daddy, right? Isn't that kind of – either way, we get what you're trying to say, Casey. And, um, you know, look, Drew had one flagpole day. In terms of, like, really capturing the spotlight, Teddy had one flagpole day of really capturing yeah. the spotlight. Otherwise, from there, the difference between them, kind of negligible. And, you know, as you guys have heard me say this, it took me some time to kind of come to this conclusion. And this was after talking to some people and, you know, kind of formulating what my real gut take is on this. For those who are waiting or expecting to see Drew come back from the six week break, Zach, and be Patrick Mahomes in training camp, you're going to be waiting a long time. You're going to see the same very streaky up and down Drew. All right. But I submit and I predict that those ups are going to be just, phenomenal, exciting, encouraging ups. And when it's all said and done, even though Teddy offers you that higher floor, I think they're going to go ahead and say, look, we can always turn to Teddy at any given moment. Drew has the upside that we want. Let's run the kid. We're going to, we're going to push the kid. And then if you got to make a change into the season at some point, you make the change, but you could always do that with Teddy. Just don't go in expecting Drew to come in and look like, you know, Aaron Rodgers slicing everybody up in training camp, especially with this defense. 
Man, I like where this conversation was going initially. And Casey, I, I would highly recommend checking out KK from earlier today. I, I break down the stock report for the Broncos coming out of minicamp, and I actually have quarterbacks on that list. I'm not going to give anything away, so if you haven't seen it yet, check out the latest episode of KK. And I will say this about Locke. He followed up a, a three-touchdown day in practice, which doesn't mean much, with a pick six the following day in practice, which doesn't mean much. So if you're expecting him, like, like Chad said, to come in and look like a, a Hall of Famer in practice – it's not going to happen. Locke is who he is. Like Teddy is who he is. It's not going to change over the course of six weeks. All we have to hope is some of that greatness in practice, if we do see some, which I think we will, translates to the field in fall because that's what matters. Edward Keating in the house, a bona fide superstar. As always, his first message to Broncos fans, let him hate. He says, happy Father's Day to the dads. Happy birthday to Michaela. Thanks, Chad and Zach. Lock 2021, let them hate. Denver Broncos for life. State of being. Hey, dude, I know we appreciate that. I know Michaela appreciates that. So thank you, Ed. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you, Ed. Yes. Um, let me let me grab this from Chris real quick on Facebook. Thanks for being with us, Chris. He says, how many things could happen? Or, or many things could happen, like injuries or how many years? Oh, no, we got this one. We did get this one. My bad. I thought I'd – that's weird. Did he put that in there twice? Either way, Chris, I hope we, we got to your topic okay. Uh, Draven says, I wouldn't say Rodgers is one of the greatest to suit up. <laughs> Give me a break, dude. Um, I've been on record as being of the opinion that Aaron Rodgers has always kind of been slightly overrated. But, in fact, I talked about that quite a bit last summer, if you guys can remember, when we were convening every day here on the Huddle Up podcast, not knowing if we were going to for sure have an NFL season. But his season last year, Zach, really disabused me of a lot of those doubts, and that's before he ever decided, hey, I want to leave Green Bay. You got to give the dude his his due. He's a phenomenal – one of the top five quarterbacks of his generation. I, can I argue though that you know he was he wasn't doing that well with Mike McCarthy and Matt Lafleur comes in and he has an MVP season? Can I argue a little bit it was due to coaching? Lafleur is a great coach, but listen, not to take anything away from Aaron, he might not be a top five guy or a top ten guy all time, but he's certainly one of the best to ever do it. And you put Aaron Rodgers at 38, 37, whatever uh, on the Broncos, they are an instant title contender because that's the the strength of him as a quarterback. Stu Meat. Hey, that's a cute little kid. Is that your kid? Very cute with the Bronco hat. Thank you for the super sticker that says critical hit. Appreciate you, bro. Stu Meat, you've been with us a long time. We see you. We appreciate you. Yeah, apparently it's his little daughter repping, so we appreciate you, Stu. You have an adorable kid, and we appreciate your support. Thank you. Uh, Here's Zebulon on Facebook. What if the Packers let Rodgers sit until week eight, then start shopping him? Zach? I think after a while he would lose an accrued year on his contract. I mean, there's there's financial matters in there that he has to uh, keep in mind. I don't know. I mean, week eight would come before the NFL trade deadline, wouldn't it? Or, I mean, after. Um, so they would have to have a, a decision in place by late October. I want to say it's around. I want to say it's around week six every year, if I'm not mistaken. Unless that's changed with the new CBA, but I could be misremembering stuff like that. It's hard to keep in my head. Of all the things I try to, you know, keep front of brain and remember about the league, some of that stuff, dates and things like that, in season for deadlines and stuff like that, sometimes gets lost in the shuffle. But we can yeah. Google it. Yeah, the point remains though. It's if it's week six, they're going to have to make a decision by week six by the trade deadline. I don't think it's going to take that long. I don't personally believe Aaron's going anywhere, but we're going to get a resolution, I think, well before Halloween, which is when the trade deadline is around. Appreciate the question, Zebulon. I know you're one of our our great supporters. Whoa, another top rope superstar from some MHH royalty here. The princess of MHH showing up with gusto. Pobby, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I know that's two nights in a row she's been in a mile-high huddle uh, live stream podcast showing support. Hope everyone's doing well in your neck of the woods, Bobby. That level of generosity, as you know, means the world to us. Goes to goes a long way. We put that to good use. Thank you. She says, "Happy Father's Day to all the great fathers out there." Having a great time with my dad. See you later, fam. Hey, give our best to to Papa. Um, hope everyone's doing well. Papa Bobby. 
Pop, appreciate pop. you appreciate you so much every time i look on my bookshelf behind me poppy i see the little trinkets that you uh gifted us and, and sent us last year and we appreciate you so much and apparently chad week eight is the trade deadline so yes okay we will have a resolution by week eight one way or the other by the trade deadline and i don't i don't think he's going anywhere though i think what happened with joseph john is i accidentally put him in timeout trying to grab his super chat so joseph um i think the timeouts last five minutes john if i'm not mistaken i think so it should be showing up again here pretty pretty soon. Um, here's our friend from Down Under that's really come on strong lately, working his way toward being a Super Chat superstar here at MHH. Geiger Gaming, appreciate you. Thank you. Rodgers, come in and make an immediate impact. Playoff bound, full show, with a possibility of a Super Bowl appearance for three years. If Locke develops into a top 10 quarterback, we could have similar outcomes, but for 10 years. I'd take the can- the gamble on Locke, says Geiger Gaming. Yeah, you know what? I mean, you can convince me. You could you could persuade me. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I see that as a possibility in Locke's future. That's one of the reasons why Zach and I have been here saying, look, you know, let's not give up on the kid. He's he's shown us some really interesting things. He's, you know, his ups have been impressive. His downs at times last year were concerning, but like we could we see that as a possibility in his future. Aaron Rodgers gifts it to you on a silver platter right now. Provided he that, that collarbone of his on his right shoulder, actually his throwing shoulder, stays intact, you're guaranteed a, a playoff spot. And if you get hot at the right time, you can go all the way with Aaron Rodgers. You can go toe to toe day one with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Right. So this is what these. I mean, listen. Put yourself in George Payton's shoes. These are the considerations that they have to wrestle with, and they're not easy. They're not easy. This is why there's the proponents of um, fans of Deshaun Watson who want Watson in a Broncos uniform because you get the franchise quarterback, but you'd be getting him at 26, not 37. So you have to pick and choose your poison here. I I would take Rodgers over Watson, but I think it's material because, again, for the millionth time, I just don't see George Payton giving up that compensation to land either quarterback. But, yeah, the point remains, if they hit on lock, which they are gambling on and hoping for, you have a guy, top 10, top 12, whatever, for 5, 7, 8, 9, 10 years, which is sustained success. You don't want to have a couple good years and then going back to being irrelevant, going back to having five, six-win seasons. You want to have sustainable success, and that's why I think George Payton, coming from Minnesota, he believes in longevity – that's why I think he's going to hold on to those draft picks and build that contender, even if it's the unpopular route he goes. That's what I'm thinking too. And this is this is what Joseph's actual super chat was. We showed it on screen, but that's Joseph Anthony. Thank you, Joseph. Be sure to connect with us on Twitter, my friend. And if we already are connected, do one of these in our mentions so that we know who you are. Because oftentimes the handle on YouTube is different than the handle people choose on Twitter. So hit us over the head to make sure we know it's you. Here's a super chat, Zach, a very generous one at that from a name I don't recognize. So welcome. welcome. Thank you. Stick around. Connect on Twitter. Uh, Rsevero11 says, hello, guys. Great show, as always. Tell us your impressions of Locke's performance so far this offseason, OTA's minicamp. Zach, why don't you start? We've touched on it a little bit, but go ahead. Yeah, again, I would say plug KK to check out KK for the stock report. But I will say this. I'm going to be totally fair right now. I think it's 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 objective and fair to say that we saw a lot more good than bad with Locke this offseason. And I say that not putting too much stock in practices, not grading practices, winning and losing and keeping score, but just the way he's handled all facets of the job. We saw him treat the media differently. We saw him be more confident in front of the podium. We saw him change his stance We saw him work with Peyton Manning. We saw him have a great practice. We also saw him have a not-so-great practice. I think the addition of Teddy Bridgewater has, and also the fear, you always talk about the fear of loss. Drew Locke has that now. The fear of losing not just his job in Denver, but his possibility of ever being anything more than a backup in the NFL. He's auditioning for the entire league, not just for Denver. So I think he's taking that challenge to heart. I think he's doing everything in his power this offseason, literally everything, every single day in the facility, doing what he can to improve. And I've been impressed. And I say that as a lock fan, but also an objective one, a fair one. We saw way more good than bad. That's my opinion. Yeah. I just, 
I'll echo Zach for the most part and say, I just liked his energy, man. I liked yeah. that, you know, he was pushing back to some of the offseason tropes a little passive aggressively, but not so passively. There was some aggression there. Where's Chris and, at? <laughs> yeah. Love it. I, yeah. And just telling people, you know, that he hopes he, he can make people look back on some of the things they've said and, and, um, cringe right and just i just like his energy and like zach said fear of loss is a tremendous motivator for any human being most humans are either they have a primary motivation you're either a guy that's or gal that's more driven for by hope of gain or you're more driven by fear of loss and i think most professional athletes nfl nba mlb hockey whatever they get to where they're at because they're more driven by hope of gain you know, people who succeed on a big scale in life are typically those who are driven by the hope of gain, not so much the fear of loss. You're taking chances. You're putting yourself out there, right? And so Drew Locke is a guy who I think, you know, is an optimist and he's a, he's a driven person and he's more of a hope of gain guy. But look, it, it didn't come out in the wash year after two years. And not all of it was his fault, but at the end of the day, it didn't come out in the wash. So the Broncos brought in a true threat to his station. And Teddy Bridgewater is no joke, man. He is no joke. Drew has seen that now up close in the flesh, and he's feeling the the crunch, right? The pressure is coming down on his shoulders a little bit. And as I've told you from the moment they acquired Teddy, that I think you're going to see Drew rise to the occasion, that that competitive anxiety, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of Bill Par- Parcells-esque coaching psychology that they're trying to work on Drew here by bringing in Teddy. I think it's going to have a palpable effect on Drew. I just want you to keep your expectations slightly in check because I'm not sure that palpability, Zach, is going to be so obvious until you get to the games. And that could be as early as their actual preseason games. But people trying to read the tea leaves based on training camp practices with the type of quarterback Drew is, I don't think you're going to see it as clearly until you see him out on the grass against an outside opponent with the lights on. That's when you'll really be able to measure where this dude is and what the true effect of that competitive anxiety has on Drew. Yeah, from a physical standpoint, I agree 100%. And also from a mental or emotional standpoint, I thought one comment he made this entire offseason was the most revealing. It happened fairly recently. It was uh, during uh, minicamp practices. He said – he acknowledged it was the, this is the first time since college he's had continuity at coordinator. He's returning the same coordinator for more than one year in a row. And if you don't think that was a difficult burden on Drew Locke last year, being a second-year quarterback with five starts under his belt, having a new coordinator, a pandemic-ruined year, and all the different injuries, I mean, those aren't excuses. Those are facts. So mentally, I think it takes a lot to acknowledge the pink elephant in the room, Chad. To, to look in the mirror and identify what were the things holding you back, what were my biggest flaws, and how can I not close my eyes, ignore them, or cover my ears, but how can I make them better and get rid of those elephants? And I think by him getting up there, challenging Kliss, changing his stance, acknowledging that he hasn't had continuity, acknowledging he wasn't good enough, and acknowledging the fact that Teddy Bridgewater has been a boon for his development, working in tandem with him, not adversarially. This is all maturity. This is all growth on Drew Locke's part, and we hope to see it translate on the field in August. Most definitely. Here's a question, turning the page a little bit here, from Andrew Baker, one of our great star senders over on Facebook. How many turnovers, uh, interceptions, and fumbles do y'all guess we get this year? Um, that's a good question. Let me let me tell you. I'm trying to remember exactly what we had last year. Let me let me take a look. I'll tell you what the Broncos had last year, real quick, Zach, and then I'll. By the way, this over why is the line. chat talking about Jimmy G? Like, guys, please, they have two quarterbacks. They're being rumored to, with two other quarterbacks. Jimmy G is not coming here. His off-field preferences aside, I, I see it in the chat. So here is what the Broncos did last year. All right, defensively, uh, they had 16 total takeaways. Gosh, that's pathetic. That's one a game, dude. That's it. That's bad. But you know what? You didn't have Vaughn, and you had Bradley Chubb at half-mast for the first quarter of the season, and then no Bradley Chubb the final two games. <clears throat> so I would say somewhere, and this is what also really killed the Broncos right here, the turnover margin. Yeah. They were minus 16. 
So I'm going to go ahead and say, Zach, I think a realistic, feasible takeaway number for this defense, knowing that you're going to have a, a at least marginally better offense, better ball control with that rushing attack. I'm going to say the Broncos have somewhere in the neighborhood of 24 to 25 takeaways this coming season. Yeah, and that's definitely true. That's what contributed to their you know, their poor record last year was not creating some uh, momentum for the offense, not getting the ball back. That's why they went out and upgraded the secondary, bringing in Ronald Darby, bringing in Kyle Fuller, bringing in Pat Sertan to go with Simmons, who they retained. And also you talk about fumble recoveries. How do you get fumble recoveries? You sack the quarterback. You dislodge the ball. So they retained Von Miller. They're bringing back Bradley Chubb. They're looking for someone to work with Malik Reed as the OLB3. I'm right there with you. I think 25 should be the floor, though. There's no reason with the money they spent, the investments they've put into this defense, and the time now, they can't be among the league leaders in turnovers. And I think we've both predicted, Chad, a top five, top three defense. If they do hit that mark, it's because they force those turnovers. Here is one of our legendary Mount Rushmore superstars in the house. We lovingly refer to him as BG. Brian Greenfield, thank you for that generosity, my friend. Love you. He's in the top three all time in terms of biggest super chat in a single episode ever. Him, Dale, and oh, who's the other one? Dale owns the record now. That's right. No, Jeremy. Jeremy owns the record now. He's Brian's tied with Dale. You're right. Thank you for that correction. So BG, love you, bro. He says, I'd be okay with giving up three firsts for Aaron, but I don't really want to give up players for him. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I'm okay if we don't because I've never been a fan of his personally, but I could live with it because he's a great QB for sure. So if this was a 32-year-old Aaron Rodgers, you could talk me into three firsts. Maybe. Probably. I'll at least be more amenable to it. Age or season 30, you know, age 38 season Aaron Rodgers. To me, that's a bridge too far. You stick with the what you got. Yeah, and there's no way, uh, there's no universe where the Packers trade Aaron and they don't ask for a player back in return. They're going to want more than draft picks. They're going to want a Chubb or Draymond Jones. So, again, you're talking about giving up precious capital and giving away one of your foundational players for a 37-year-old quarterback and no guarantee it's going to lead you to a title. A little too far for me. A bridge too far. Tom, again, thanks for that super chat support, bro. Up in Canada, <clears throat> he says, I thought we were on the same page about becoming, about the becoming of Locke and what could be. So you guys are willing to drop the program for Rodgers. Can you elaborate? How can we, how can we really separate this, this topic? Can't. Yeah. Can't. Look, we're believers in Drew, but we're talking about Aaron Rodgers at the right price. That's as simply as I can say it. Again, if it's three first-rounders and a couple of twos and they want Bradley Chubb or Noah Fant, sorry, we're going to stick with Drew. Um, If it's even within the realm of the plausible as far as compensation to get him here, yeah, I'd be about saying, look, we gave it the the old college try with Drew, even though we had some optimism for him in year three. We're going for the jugular for the next three years with Aaron Rodgers. You know – Andy Locke follows us on Twitter. I'm going to send him a DM, and I'm going to send him one simple question. Who's a better quarterback, Drew Locke or Aaron (laughs) Rodgers? And even his father would tell you that Aaron's a better quarterback. This is – you won't find a podcast that's more pro-Drew Locke than ours, but we're not going to get out here and tell you that we would take Drew over Aaron given a – you know, given no – realistic burdens of a trade that would uh, require multiple first round picks and a player. If you're asking me, who do I, who, who is the better quarterback for the Broncos? Who would lead the Broncos to more success this year? Drew Locke or Aaron? You can have your pick of either. All of us would say Aaron, but who we think is the realistic quarterback for the Broncos, the best realistic quarterback for the Broncos, that's Drew Locke. I, I think it's not an, a hard concept to understand. You can separate Two opinions. Not everything has to be the same. Hopefully that spells it out for you, Tom. Uh, Jeremy, yeah, dude, uh, reach out to me. I got to juggle some stuff, but anything I can do, um, I'm always busy. I'm always busy, dude. That doesn't mean I can't peel off time for the people that are important to me, and you most definitely are, but I'm always 
busy, especially with a new baby, my friend. So uh, whatever I can do, by all means, just know I'm, I'm pressed for time. Uh, happy to help. TD, what's up, dude? Tyler, I'm not going to get that you. wrong again. Almost botched it. Well, then, not going to botch it tonight. Good to see you, bro. This is a bona fide MHH superstar in the house. What's up, bro? He says, happy Father's Day, Broncos country, MHH for life. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. We miss Tyler when he's not in the chat, and tonight he's in the chat. All right, we are at 54 minutes, guys. we got to wind this down. I'm just ch- ch- kind of scrolling through to see if there's a topic here. We have yet to really – oh, here's one. Here's one. Vegna Prime, what are your thoughts on the Hard Knocks rumor? All right, so in case you missed it, there was a rumor. I think it started on Reddit that – you know, get ready, gang. Little birdies telling some nameless, faceless uh, redditor, Broncos have been chosen for hard knocks. Well, Benjamin Albright, who, when it comes to Broncos inside information, is as trustworthy as anybody out there. I mean, the, probably the even you know him and Cliss. That's pr- probably the two guys when they tell you something, what they've heard, what they haven't heard, you can usually take to the bank. Albright said, check with sources. If the Broncos have been selected for hard knocks, it would be news to them. And if they had been, and if that decision has already been made, they would be apprised of it by now, I would think. Because you got to start kind of priming the facility in terms of knowing, all right, virus protocols, you're going to have camera crews in here. How are we going to re- you know, set everything up in our facility uh, to accommodate for hard knocks coming in here? But you know what? So for now, it's been rained on by a bona fide insider. Zach, let's just assume that there were some truth to it just for a second. How would you feel about the Broncos being tapped for hard knocks? I would like it from like a a fan's point of view. The access is unmatched, but I believe there is a, a streak where the teams that are on hard knocks don't win titles. And I don't want the distraction. And if you think George Payton is going to welcome in a camera crew in his first training camp, in his first preseason, I have another thing to tell you. I don't think it's going to happen in Denver. And I think we would have heard about it already. The Jaguars are up for it. And I hate to say this, but right now, right this second, guys, they are more relevant than the Broncos. No one cares about the Broncos in the NFL. That's why we say let them hate, because everyone writes them off. But the Jaguars, they have Tim Tebow, they have Trevor Lawrence, they have Urban Meyer now. I think they'd have to willingly accept that on hard knocks, but why wouldn't the NFL go for them as opposed to chronicling Teddy Bridgewater, Vic Fangio, and the Denver Broncos? Exactly, exactly. All right, last one, gang, wow. then we got to go. And it's it's a doozy, and this makes our Father's Day podcast complete. We've got the queen in the house. All right. Christy jumping in with a very generous super chat, man, just appreciate everything you do. Christy appreciate you so much. She says, happy dad's day to all you dads out there in Broncos country. Enjoy your day. Christy, hope everything's going well and uh, hope you can make it out to um, week three, September 26th, Denver, Colorado. If you can make it be killer to see you hang out, we'll do the live podcast. If not, hey, I know you got fish to fry raising those two girls. You got you got to take care of the mama business. But if it's in the cards, we'd love to see you. But yeah, Christy, thank you. It's truly not a, a correct huddle up podcast without Christy dropping in and showing her support. Not just you know monetarily, just her interaction with the fan base. She's made this podcast better just with her presence alone. And we appreciate you, Christy, more than you know. Thank you. All right, guys, with that being said, we got to sign off for tonight. All right. Appreciate everybody who spent some time with us this evening. Those of you listening after the fact on demand, love each and every one of you. Mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars and those of you on Facebook supporting us as super supporters and sending the stars and all that. We're just so proud to have you guys in our community. Thank you so much. But we're going to dip out and we'll be back tomorrow night. Monday for a brand new fresh episode of the Huddle Up podcast. We'll see what the old rumor mill, we'll see what the newswire has to say about your Denver Broncos between now and then. I doubt it'll be much of anything. So, you know, we'll start turning our attention, Zach, on the show to really breaking down the roster. And maybe as early as tomorrow night, we'll start really letting our hair down on that. Um, But one more time before I turn this over to you, really appreciate the dads, all the fathers in Broncos country. You guys, you know who you are. 
raising them right, right, indoctrinating them in the orange and blue faith. Love you guys. Appreciate each and every one of you. And all the mamas, Broncos country too. You guys are doing it right. So we'll see you uh, tomorrow night. Zach, take over. Yeah, uh, thank you guys for another great week of podcasting. It's tomorrow starts a new week of podcasting, and we'll have articles at uh, milehighhuddle.com. We'll always be cranking out content for you guys, but t- tomorrow night we'll be back on here. Be sure in the meantime, though, to follow Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the mother account at milehighhuddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad N. Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow our producer, John, at John KMHH, the beast on Twitter. If you haven't yet, check out this store at huddleuppod.com and get your swag, get yourself a hat, coffee mug, shirt, et cetera, et cetera. Pull it up, John. Yeah, look at that. Look at that nightmare fuel right there. Pick yourself up a football <laughs> pre-shirt and be scared. <laughs> it's a great shirt, guys. Pick up. It's being, it's, Chad, it's selling so well right now. We appreciate yeah. your guys' patronage with that. Uh, go, go to the store if you haven't yet. Also, facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod go there subscribe like the page uh be sure to follow us also mile high huddle at facebook become a supporter big blue button we dropped kk earlier this afternoon great support there love doing it exclusive content chad broncos book club great idea i love the the format i love what you've done with that so far i'm excited to watch the second episode next weekend spoiler alert if you can't do any of that though guys we appreciate you we ask three things that's all three things takes two seconds Subscribe, like, and share. It helps us more than you know, more than we can appreciate. We, we tell you guys we love you. We, we love you extra if you subscribe, like, and share. Thank you guys, though. We'll be back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.